Welcome to the Essay for FAs Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today we will address the question as to whether the so-called retirement crisis is overstated, as a new report by the Empower Institute maintains. We'll get to that in just a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor. A lot of ink has been spilled on the notion that a retirement crisis is at hand. I plead guilty to having contributed my share to it. So I was intrigued when I saw a new report issued by the Empower Institute called The Overstated Retirement Crisis. I try to approach these issues with an open mind. My business model is not selling fear and so I was hoping to find out I have been wrong about the dimensions of today's problems. But my concern that the retirement crisis is real still stands, for reasons I'll get to shortly. But first, let's hear the Empower Institute's arguments. First, who is the Empower Institute? It's not a group I had previously heard of. According to its website, the organization critically examines investment theories and retirement strategies with a special focus on research that may benefit financial advisors. The retirement advisor-oriented think tank is apparently the thought leadership arm of Great West Life and Annuity Insurance Company, whose CEO is also head of the Empower Institute. With that intro, what findings undermine the view that there is a retirement crisis? The basic thrust of the report is that the U.S. has made tremendous progress in strengthening the retirement system. Exhibit 1 for this assertion is that retirement assets have shot up dramatically. As a percentage of employee wages... Retirement assets stood at 48% in 1975. In 2017, that figure was 337%. The Institute primarily credits this dramatic boost in assets to a marked increase in access to workplace retirement plans. Today, 71% of workers can access such plans, though better still, at least one spouse in 80% of married couples has access to such a plan. In contrast, the employee pensions of yore reached a peak of 50% of employees in 1960 and have been in steady decline since. What's more, Empower argues that these defined benefit plans were not as admirable as often thought because of structural impediments to employee vesting, lack of portability, and in some cases, discrimination and misuse by corporations. But more than just the growth of workplace investment plans gives cheer to the Empower Institute which notes that 401ks and IRAs make up just 40% of Americans' retirement assets. The remaining 60% consists primarily of Social Security income and homeownership. Now would be a good place for me to explain what I find unreassuring about this report. I do appreciate the build-up in assets and diversity of assets that empower sites, but as in any analysis of finances, we need to look at both sides of the ledger and I found the report to be lacking any serious analysis of the liability side. There are two primary sources of such liabilities. The best known is Americans' increasing longevity. Living a long life is a great blessing, of course, and I don't mean to imply that that is a liability in anything but the strict financial understanding of extra years to be funded out of lifetime income. When Empower states that retirement assets as a percentage of wages was 48% in 1975 versus 337% in 2017, 
That is indeed progress, but average U.S. life expectancy in 1975 was 72.6, but 78.6 in 2017. Would the sevenfold rate of increase in savings be sufficient to pay for six more years of living expenses in retirement? Presumably, Social Security would be covering a large portion of that, until, of course, it no longer can do so, if no fix is found to the shortfall that will force a 25% pay cut in Social Security in the year 2035. Now, the Empower Report possibly addresses this issue implicitly at one point when it says that retirees born in the Great Depression achieved 109% of inflation-adjusted earnings during their retirement, while Gen Xers are on track to replace 110% of their earnings matching this earlier generation. Even assuming this is correct, based on the premise that there will be no change in Social Security benefits, I have a second reason for thinking we indeed are in a retirement crisis, and that is another key socioeconomic change since that earlier generation of retirees exceeded their pre-retirement earnings. And that reason is debt. Consumers began using credit cards at around 1967, but a Federal Reserve chart shows that usage of a revolving credit remained nearly flat until about 1975, the baseline in Empower's retirement asset growth story, and pretty much exploded from then until now, reaching nearly 10% of personal income and over a trillion dollars in outstanding debt. As most listeners know, college debt is higher still. A recent survey I've seen by Provision Living, and one that is consistent with many other reports I've seen over recent years, found that a majority of 62% of seniors feel impelled to continue working for financial reasons, some because they felt they couldn't afford to retire, some because they still needed to support their families, but interestingly, a whopping 19% because they were still paying off debt. Those born in the Great Depression had neither the inclination nor temptation to buy now and pay later. They saved before they bought. And so we conclude with the following thought. The Empower Institute perhaps wants to emphasize the good news in a world filled with bad news. Maybe it is thought that that will be more useful to advisors as a source of inspiration for clients needing encouragement to save. I'll leave that to them and to you financial advisors to decide what works in the field as it were. But my two cents are that whereas people saved in the past because they had to save in order to buy anything, it could be that people are more apt to save today because they have a financial advisor just doing his or her job, helping empower their clients to reach their financial goals. That's something that the Empower Institute, financial advisors, and I can all agree on. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please consider passing it on to one other financial advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.